Just how much does player value change once the regular season begins? We're talking about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Follow Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. And Matt, we've got another awesome guest today, one of my favorites in this space. We've got Heath Cummings from CBS Sports. Uh, You can follow Heath on Twitter at HeathCummingsSenior, HeathCummingsSR. Heath, how's it going, man? It is going fantastic. It's been a great day. It's it's that time of year where we start to get excited about football. We get to make all of the predictions, but we don't know that any of them are wrong yet. So this is really the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, it really is. Drafts are kicking in. I know you were telling us about a draft that you did earlier today. I know you, uh, at least I think you had a good experience with the Scott Fishbowl uh, oh, yeah. this year. Is your draft still going, by the way? No, no, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really big on the auto pick every pick. Okay, and it's amazing how much that speeds up everybody else because the yeah, people that put are the pressure like, on. I was on the end, and so anybody that was at pick two, three, or four knew after they picked. Well, Heath's going to auto pick two picks, and then I'll be right back to me. So we got <laughs> we got done. I think yesterday morning, possibly. Nice, nice. And I, I know you're a Chiefs guy. So was it Mahomes or Kelsey at one hundred and one? It, I, it was a major, major struggle, but I ended up going with Mahomes at the 101. Um, and I, I, I would not be surprised if I regret it because I, the whole thing is like we don't see people do what Travis Kelsey has done at any age, much less at 33 years yeah. old. But if he keeps doing what he's done, I made the wrong pick. Was the logic just safer on Mahomes? Age? I I think honestly, and I, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but it probably <laughs> was safer. I think a lot of people yeah. look at this mm-hmm. Scott Fishbowl draft as, well, I've got to beat three thousand people. I need to do a bunch of crazy things and take a bunch of chances. And I look at it as, I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> I, I'd like to. People are watching. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to make the playoffs. And if I win a couple rounds in the playoffs, that's a successful year. Not yeah. a bad way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. This is uh, just like, just like some of the underdog tournaments or any other big tournament. You, you can't really go into this thing thinking you're going to win with over 3,300 players. So, uh, just just do the best, uh, do the best that you can. Those small decisions can pile up, whether it's uh, draft decisions or waivers once the season starts. And Heath, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what happens when the season starts. We have been uh, going through our team building series on here. We've talked some draft strategy, some trade strategy. We're now, we're now, what, six, seven weeks or so from the NFL week one actually kicking off. I can't wait. I know you guys can't wait either. But, you know, a weird thing happens in Dynasty Leagues, Heath, once, once the season begins and player value automatically changes. These players that uh, we've been chasing all offseason, usually young players, rookies, second-year guys we think are going to break out, suddenly we realize we can't 
check that box on Sunday morning and we're a, a little uh, a little wary of their wary of their value and guys like Travis Kelsey and and, and Tyree Kill and you know the old guys start to look a lot a lot better than they did just a few weeks prior. So when the season kicks off, how do you handle that aspect of it? I, I think it changes so much. And I, I talk about this a lot in the off season as well. I, I put together a, a top 150 and trade chart. And I always try to tell people like, it's impossible to do this for all of the teams in your league because the motivations are not the same for all 12 or 14 or six, however many teams are in your league. Um, I, if you're a contender, then I do think there are big swings in player value because this current year is more important to you than future years is, or at least in my opinion, it should be. Um, I, if you're a, a rebuilding team or just like a fringe contender, I, I don't think the swings are that pronounced. And maybe you can take advantage of those contenders in that way and that you can acquire some of those young players in the season that are not producing. Heath, my, one of the biggest mistakes I make year after year, and I've been doing this a long time, is you know up until the, the, the week one, I'm team building, team building, acquiring picks. You know this is smart, right. getting young, and then you forget. All of a sudden, this turns into a redraft league, and I have to check ten boxes on Sunday morning, and I only got eight guys that are starter worthy. Yeah, I I I think that's maybe a mistake. I yeah. I don't know though. Like there is. Where that line hits is is kind of hard to figure, and it kind of depends on your league and how active people are, because I think you're right in the way you're handling the offseason. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I think John Bosch does a good job of talking about this, like you don't need to start anybody in July. Yeah. You don't need to have a starting lineup. And so I think that's the right approach to team building in the offseason. It's a mistake if you're a contender and you get to week one and your team's still in that condition. like. But the, the harder thing is, I think people have come around on the idea that selling players when you're going into that rebuild mode in the offseason is not usually as profitable. And so it's become harder than it used to be to buy players and starters in July and August, which is when I'd like to do it, really. Yeah, and that's one thing that we've preached uh, on here really for years is if you have that aging player, you're not a contender, you're rebuilding, you've got the productive uh-huh. struggle going on, whatever it might be, uh, wait until the regular season begins. Yep. When those players are scoring points, you will see their value in almost every case increase, and and certainly what you can get for those players in trade will increase as well. So you hit on something that I I think is is really wise advice if you've got that strategy, whatever your strategy might be throughout the off season, you're, you're trying to build that team. If you're just throwing that away, once the season begins and treating your team like a redraft team, you're just turning, you're just treading water here, right? Like you're really not accomplishing anything. Um, and I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the right way to play. You really need to stick with whatever that strategy is. Yeah, I think I think it totally depends on what stage you're at. Um, like I've got a rebuild that I've been going through for the last two years, and it was a Derrick Henry team two years ago that lost in the championship mm. game, and and I think Melvin Gordon was my RB two. It was it was an old team, and I realized, okay, we've got we got to start over. And so I went two years, a year and a half where I didn't really care um, if I had a starting lineup or not. But now we've gotten to the point where I assembled a pretty good receiving core. I've got Patrick Mahomes. I've got Mark Andrews. I, like I have Brees Hall and Khalil Herbert, but it's time to, to go get some veteran running backs. Like I'm ready to treat this coming season 
as more of a redraft season because I'm planning on competing for a title. I think the hardest thing that people have trouble with is kind of what you were talking about, Matt. You're that seventh or eighth best team yeah, in your yeah. league, and you do that. Um, yeah. Then I think that's that's where you really because that's how you get stuck right in the middle, which is I, I think the worst place to be in Dynasty. Now I was talking to somebody who was in a ten team league a, a day or two ago, and they said that six teams make the playoffs. I said, well, I think all of the advice that I have for you about be first or worst probably gets thrown out of the window in a league where sixty percent of the teams make the playoffs. <laughs> like being in the middle is okay. Look at that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good advice there for sure. I mean, league settings certainly play a part in it, but just that that self-awareness of yep. uh, recognizing where your team is in relation to the rest of the teams in the league. And um, while it's, you know, you're certainly going to face uh, situations where you do have to adjust your plan, adjust your strategy. You know, maybe your, your young guys are performing better than expected, earlier than expected then you you go get those veterans that can help you. But in general, stick with the plan, right? Um, Exactly. We are going to, we're going to talk about waiver wire and some other fun topics like that uh, and and how you manage that in season. We're going to do that next. Everyone, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and then get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 bucks. That's right. Just just bet twenty bucks and you'll land two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. That's two hundred you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the, the first home run. All in an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. I use it all the time. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than Fanduel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit Fanduel.com/slash locked on. All one word. To get up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we are back. We are being joined by Heath Cummings today from CBS Sports. Heath does a great job over there at CBS, especially on their podcast. I got to join Heath recently. And Heath, before we get back to the in season talk, you you guys have made a few changes over there lately. Tell us what's going on with the podcast at CBS. This this is the most excited I've been in, in a <laughs> in a long time about something that we're doing. It's uh, Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. We have launched a new podcast. Um, I am hosting. Dave Richards been on there with me. Dan Schneier has been on there with me. We've had several guests already. It was in the regular Fantasy Football Today feed. You were there, Ryan. John Bosch was on. Um, several others today we launched it in its own feed with graham barfield of fantasy nice. points um, oh, nice talking advanced running back stats it's we're, right now once a week we're recording on tuesdays at 11 a.m eastern you can find it anywhere you find podcasts and i, I would love it if you guys would check it out yeah that, nice. i'm excited about that one for sure i know i know Heath, you've kind of been the dynasty rep at uh at cbs and uh, you you snuck as much dynasty talk as possible into those uh, FF Today shows, but now now they've just uh, maybe I don't know maybe it's a sign maybe they kind of wanted to get you out of their hair and just go <laughs> go put you in the dynasty corner whatever it may be it's good news for us dynasty players because we get more dynasty content uh, more dynasty talk and uh, sounds like you you kicked off with a great guest we had uh, we had Scott Barrett on yesterday's show. Uh, yeah, also happens, from yeah. fantasy points. So I know they're excited about what they have going on over there as well. 
Uh, Heath, let's get back to the dynasty talk in season. We've talked about how that player value can change and, and really how we should be reacting to that. Let's talk about everybody's favorite topic when it comes to fantasy or dynasty leagues, the waiver wire. Now, this is one for me in dynasty leagues that just varies so greatly from league to league. Of course, it comes mm-hmm. down to settings and um, probably most importantly, just how big those uh, rosters are. If you've got 30, 35 players, this may not be anything you even need to, to worry <laughs> about much. But in your typical dynasty league, let's say between 20 and 25 man rosters, uh, how do you approach the waiver wire in season um, and is is that a big part of your strategy or your game in general? Yeah, it, it is. And again, I think like you were talking about all the different ways it varies. I, I hate to keep coming back to the same thing, but it, it definitely varies um, depending on where I'm at in the process as well. But like the the thing that I'm looking for is what it whatever changed to cause this person to become relevant last week or right now this week. Is this a a, a thing that has to do with the quality of the player or is it just a thing that has to do with a, a current situation that's subject to change at any moment? And so I'm a lot more excited to, um, to go add those guys who have moved up the depth chart of their own accord, who look like starters the rest of the way, who look like potential long-term starters in, in all, in all settings in terms of dynasty. Um, those guys that are just filling in for a couple of weeks, I think that's where a lot of fab and a lot of time maybe gets wasted for teams, like I said, that are that are not at the top of, of the league. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, I mean, are you a fan of it's early in the season, a big injury happens, and the, the backup, the handcuff mm-hmm. is out there in a lot of leagues, and everybody wants them. We all, we all know that happens. There's always a hot name. Are you big into – Maybe I'll take 70% of my, my fab money and try to get the player and flip them for a third-round pick that week. You know, I mean, try to turn fab into draft picks. I am, I am, and I'm not even opposed to trying to do that if I'm not a contender and I'm just doing it to do what mm-hmm. you just said, turn fab into yeah. draft picks. Yes, if it's, if it's a year-long starter at running back who has inherited a position, I, I have no problem splashing the pot and just going and getting that guy because I think people overestimate what the value of that fab is going to be later in the season. A lot of times. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. It's so you're totally right. It's so easy to get caught up into, you know, in those players, they seemingly come out of nowhere and uh, yeah, it's, it's so easy to buy in Matt. I know we had, we did a whole show on, uh, on the Ravens running back that now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Tyson Williams. Yeah. Yeah. We literally did a whole episode on Tyson Williams and, and, and his dynasty value. And, um, you know, a, a month later or so, six weeks later, he was back on waiver wire. So um, it, it really is easily a... flip them for a pick too. Oh yeah. I hope, hopefully yeah. you did. I'm, I would, uh, I would hope that was our advice, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm, I'm not going to go back and check on that one. Um, but, I think it's, it seems like we're easy uh, or, or we're more susceptible to fall for that early in the season. The, those players that maybe mm-hmm. there was some camp buzz, maybe we saw them in the preseason and then, you know, week one, they're getting playing time and, and now we're ready to really uh, spend all the fab or, or kind of go all in on that player. And, um, you know, Frisman Jackson was even a name from, from way, oh, way wow. back the week one uh, wonder that I always think about. <laughs> 
Frisman was I was with the Browns with Frisman and now he's the Steelers receiver coach. I know him from that way. So oh, really? that's a crazy not... name you brought up. I'll see I, him I... next week in Latrobe. Yeah. Nice. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know didn't know he was still around, honestly. Frisman Jackson. There you go. You uh, hey, well, Heath, I know you remember that name. We're we're, we're well, about what I was the saying about was like two guys from at the start of last year and they were like I don't know how I know everybody has different settings for waivers, but a lot of times in, in several of my leagues, we don't do any waivers from the rookie draft right. until some point in training camp where you have that first big run. And in deeper leagues, it can feel kind of like the Scott Fishbowl waiver run. And I remember last year, like the two guys had the same first name spelled differently, but it was Isaiah Likely and it was Isaiah Pacheco. Mm. Like those were the two big people were going to, and I ended up landing both of them. And mm. one of them worked out really well. And one yeah. of them was like, yeah, he's okay for a couple of weeks. Right. But like, that's kind of what you're getting. I think you just have to know like how big is the potential upside and that's yeah. how big of a swing I'm willing to make. But with pretty much all of these waiver ads, the floor is almost nothing. Yeah. I have a quick question for both of you because I used to have a problem with this because I'm not as many leagues as you are, Ryan and Heath, frankly, I don't know how many you're in, but I'm in seven or eight. Right. But, this, you know, NFL season's pretty busy for me. And I used to kind of do waivers whenever. And sometimes I would forget them, you know, you know, or be like, Matt, what are you doing? So I almost set aside like a 45 minute period every week to at least go to every website I have a team and put in a claim, maybe do, you know, update my trade bait, at least do it at the same time every week. Um, yeah, I, I, really got jealous of you hearing that you have seven or eight leagues. Cause that sounds really that small. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's too I, many I, for me. And I, I, yeah, right. I, uh, and I love this game, but that this is a pain point, um, doing waivers across five or six different platforms for 20 or 25 leagues. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, so yeah, I, I think, I think that happens and that's the reason why like a lot of people are like, well, I don't have anything. I'm not going to put in a bid for that guy. Yeah. A lot of times it pays off to go ahead and go put those $1 or $2 bids in because pe- things do fall through the cracks and you get halfway through se- the season and half the league's paying attention. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've missed a couple of those. I'll, I'll tell a, a funny story with no names involved. There was a, a talk a couple of years ago about how there might be some uh, interns available for the uh, CBS fantasy crew. And one of the questions that was popped up was, can they do our waiver claims? <laughs> If, if you got interns to run your waiver wire, I'm I'm certainly jealous. <laughs> Unfortunately, it did not happen. <laughs> okay, um, but uh, no, 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 uh, shot shot down. Well, that that would have been nice. We are going to wrap up our in season uh, dynasty grind uh, conversation right after this. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Every dayers, check out tomorrow's show. Kate and Marcus will be back with another great topic to wrap up the week. We are being joined by Heath Cummings today from CBS Sports. Follow Heath on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior. Uh, Heath, you've got that. You've got that team. You're, let's let's really fast forward here to the, uh, the the middle part of the regular season or so. You've got that team, and and you're in that spot that you described earlier that you don't want to be. You're in you're in the middle. Let's say you know if the season ended today type situation, you might be the fifth seed or the sixth seed uh, in your league. 
what are you doing at that point? I know, I know it can be team specific, but in general, what are you doing to evaluate uh, your, your place in the league? And then uh, which way do you typically find yourself going? Are you, are you kind of going all in and getting some veterans or um, selling and, and hopefully moving down those ranks? Yeah, I, I think it like, and I, one of the best things about redraft is that idea that you can be three and five at some point and you can go fight for the sixth seed and then win a couple games you shouldn't and win the championship. It's yeah. the worst thing if you're the one seed, but it's one of the best. That's what keeps everybody involved. If I get that feeling in Dynasty, or even if I'm at five or six seed and I'm thinking, can I hold on to this last spot? I won out. I, I would like to have a vision that I could somehow get a buy. If I could somehow get to that two seed, then I feel like I, I want to stay in the chase. Otherwise I would like to get rid of my veterans. Okay. So like, if you can write a story that's believable that I could get the two, I'm in, I'm, I'm pushing right. my chips in. And sometimes like you may realize you can't mm-hmm. do that, but you're already pretty much locked into the three or four yeah. where you might as well try to win it anyway. But if I'm in that precarious like five, six range, I know a lot of people want to hang on and say, you know, chips in a chair, you, you got a chance. I I love that in redraft. I I don't so much. Does it change your tune if you look at the landscape of a twelve team league, and there's just one team, usually it's owned by McDowell, that's just loaded. You know, like all things has to go horribly for us to even beat this team. You know. Yeah, it a little bit, but again, it still comes down to like, can I? Am I going to be picking ninth anyway? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Like right. if if Ninth. so, then I don't really want to. I don't want like I would if I'm if I'm in that situation, I might rather try to see if I can trade that first and and go get something that gets me a chance mm-hmm. of the buy. Um, but I don't I don't think I want to sell if I know I'm not going to get a good pick anyway, and I might as well just take my chance. I hear, yeah, yeah. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Really, really good information today from Heath Cummings. Again, uh, check out Heath's work at CBS Sports on the FF Today podcast and on the new FF Today Dynasty podcast. Certainly check out, uh, check that out and support Heath. We certainly appreciate you jumping on with us, Heath. Uh, and follow Heath on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior. That is going to do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.